0: Hi, All right. <laughs> All you're right. on, you're on the show. You're on the road back. Live. Okay. Uh, the question is, what are you thankful for?
1: What am I thankful
2: for? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For real. What are you thankful for this year? Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for uh, my loving parents. I mean, this is the first year I'm not spending Thanksgiving with them, but uh, okay. each day, I mean, I mean, they're the reason I'm here. So
0: hell yeah. That's great. Mm, hell yeah.
2: What am I most thankful for?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, well, I'm a big family man, and I love my family. I love, love them more than any other kind of thing that I can accomplish in life. So family truly is important. Love it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, a good laugh never hurts. That's what I'm most thankful
0: for. Love that's on, That's going on. Nick's, that's it. Nick Smith's headstone right there.
2: Heck
3: yeah.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Nick, you have a great night.
3: I think for the past few years, I'm really grateful and thankful for the friendship that I get from all over the world, especially from the U.S.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What What a cool gift that is, right? Like, you we just know people. I know people on the other side of the world, and and we still get to yeah. talk because of technology. So, Vishal, that's yeah. super cool, man
2: for you, Evan.
0: Wow, that's so nice of you. Now, what are you actually thankful for? Oh,
2: you brown noser.
0: What do
3: you I'm want? thankful for...
1: Actually, in specific... Please put this in the podcast. Uh, I'm actually thankful for Gabe Freeman.
3: Love it.
0: Uh, sure, great. I hope... Um,
1: just
2: Gabe Freeman. Gabe,
0: <laughs> shout Gabe out. Freeman.
2: I'm
3: thankful to be alive. <laughs> hey, hey man, you. brother. <laughs> um, actually... <laughs> um, I'm actually
2: really thankful for uh, everybody that like, God put in my life and you two are one of a few so uh, that's kind of you I love thank it. you you're too kind <laughs> you're too
0: that's trying. kind of you
1: Um, this year especially uh, family um, especially the past couple weeks um, as you know from my story as we talked about I lost my mom when I was 26 um so around the holidays past few years it's been really tough because my mom's birthday is right before Christmas all kinds of stuff like that but last year my dad got remarried and I haven't talked to you in a while so I'm not even sure if you knew that but no I didn't know that um, yeah so that's It was really strange to navigate that for a while because that was the last thing i wanted um so i prayed that my dad would not ever find anyone and he actually prayed the same thing which is funny but he never wanted to get remarried because he loved my mom so much but so funny story he started working at southeast on their welcome team and met my stepmom a week later wow after he started serving in Southeast. Okay. And they dated for a year and got married a year and three months after they started dating. Wow. So and it's funny because my <laughs> step my favorite person on this earth. I couldn't love her more than I do.
0: That's incredible. And so I know
1: and so um it's really not strange, but it's it's weird to see the Lord turn Something that you absolutely dreaded and prayed against—it's really awesome to see him completely flip that on its head. It's
0: funny how that works. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) Then it's gone as the dawn. Well, happy belated Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Evan Mains, and you are listening to episode four of The Road Back. We're doing it, people. We're making a podcast and it's been a really fun ride. Thank you guys so much for being here for it. Now, what you just heard were snippets from an Instagram Live that myself and my friend Jonathan Carpenter did, where we asked our listeners the age old question of what are you truly thankful for? Now, thank you to everyone who participated. It means so much. We need more girls to participate. Guys, fellas, you're doing amazing, but thanks. We need some more uh, women to participate in these things, so that's just a little thing. Also, thank you to everyone who shared last week's episode with my friend Ethan. That was a very important episode to both him and I, and has been received very well, so thank you guys for sharing that, taking the time to listen to it. Today's episode is called The Dogs of Gratitude. Thanksgiving is all about finding it in ourselves to remember what we have to be thankful for and how to express the action of thanks in everyday scenarios. On this episode, we hear two stories of people whose dogs have radically changed the way they view gratitude and love and of course many other existential hipster things. So, get cozy. Maybe if you're sitting at home, enjoy some Thanksgiving leftovers while you listen. I don't know. There's a pumpkin pie in my fridge that's calling my name. So I encourage you to treat yourself to the delicacies of the prior day. This is The Road Back. Thank you for listening.
2: Uh, the the time where my testicles were most hidden was when i was in a frozen pond for five to seven minutes in 18 degree weather
0: sorry about that i understand slightly crass way to start a story but hey i can't wrong my friend for being honest and probably pretty funny this is jack I have known Jack for about nine years now. Jack has become a big guy, but not bulky, not overweight. He is a former hockey player and current jujitsu fighter. He is strong and burly and stands at a stature of about six foot three. One time when we were out in public outside of a bar, someone asked if Jack was my bodyguard, which (laughs) was, was pretty funny. Act one of today's show is about my friend Jack and his dog Ruckus. Ruckus is a dog that Jack rescued a couple summers ago, and and from what I can tell, they've been best friends ever since. I would even say that they're pretty similar. Like, they're not the same species, obviously, but they share a lot in common. A couple winters ago, while Jack was helping shovel his grandparents' driveway after a snow and ice storm, his dog Ruckus fell into a pond.
2: This is that story. I remember... Because the ice... He fell through the, the middle, but obviously it was too... I was too heavy to just, like, walk out there and get him. So it got to the point where I was, like, stomping and then it got to the point where I had to punch and when I was, like, halfway to him... How deep was it? Like, how deep did it get? It got to the point where my feet weren't touching. So I was, like, swimming and punching and trying to, like, not sink with, like, all this shit on me. Right. But... I remember getting half because I was screaming too. I was like, "It was it was straight out of, like a movie, dude." I was like, "Hold on, it's like I'm coming, I'm coming!" And like uh, the people that were with me, like screaming too. And the way the neighborhood set up was like, "There's this pond, and it's like a horseshoe of houses, so everyone's just like on their back porch, is like filming me." I'm surprised it honestly made the news, but I I need that footage. Uh, I know, and um, freaking nosy people. I I got like halfway through and had to pause because I was like, hmm. I think I got to get out like something I can feel my body like stopping yeah it's like really scary feeling like when you I don't know I've pushed myself like whether it's like in a workout or like with hockey where it's like this hurts but I know I can like keep going it's gonna hurt this was like literally like oh shit like my I literally like my mind and body are so disconnected right now it's not this is not like a mental struggle this is like literally my body being like no like you're you're pushing it too far, dude. But then I remember, I don't know, just like a weird second wind of like people yelling and being like, come on. And then when I finally got to the center with ruckus, I was like, all right, now we have no choice but to, we got to swim back now, which was also kind of scary because you break the ice and you make this path, but then it kind of like floats. So it's kind of hard to like tell like how you got in. Right paramedics
0: were dispatched to the pond to help jack had already emerged carrying ruckus back to his grandparents house the two were separated and ruckus was brought into the house to begin attempts to warm up his body the paramedics approached jack his body was now frail and weak from the time spent in the below freezing water hypothermia was beginning to set in
2: i got to the pond and they took my the people i was with took the, the one of them took the uh, ruckus up to the house right away because they were like "I'll oh, go no, start blow drying him and i was like so high on adrenaline i like fell to the ground right away and i was like wheezing and then after like i don't know maybe a minute i was like all right well we gotta go see if ruckus i didn't even know if he was okay at that point even though i got him out i was like he could have like been in shock and died it's like we gotta run back up to the house so run back up to my grandma's house and find out he's like doing okay so i just like sit down and also i'm wearing like it's 18 degree weather. So yeah. I was wearing like two snow jackets, like six pairs of socks.
0: So you're heavier. Boots,
2: yes. Yeah, so yeah. And I'm soaked. I was mm. in, lost my beanie. Ruckus was like clawing in my face when I finally got to him. So I like took my beanie right off and I just left it in the pond. But that's kind of crazy. That's probably in the bottom of the pond.
0: Let's go find it.
2: Dude, we gotta go find that beanie. It's like stand by me, but for beanies. Yeah. But I remember sitting down in the, uh, like EMT got there and he's like, "Well, we got to get you out of these clothes, so go up and like go ahead and stand up for me, buddy." And I was like, uh, "I can't move." Like it was like I didn't really notice it until he asked me to stand up. I was like, "I literally like can't do like a squat to like stand up right now." Yeah. And this like EMT had like helped me up, but yeah, that was pretty wild. That was one of those moments where like you're so high on adrenaline, and then when you fi- like when I finally calmed down, I just like broke down. Started crying. I was like, shit, dude.
0: The paramedics continued their work with Jack, checking his oxygen levels, his blood pressure, and working to bring his body back up to temperature. It seemed that Ruckus, too, was beginning to make a recovery. During this time, Jack begins to have recollections
2: of his life during that scary moment. But, yeah, it was super wild. It was was kind of like, it was a weird coincidence because I was going through like a weird stage at that point with a girl. I don't even remember who it was to be honest, but I remember like that situation with that girl not working out. And then I went through like this, like pretty much the only, it was like the first time in my life where I enjoyed being by myself. Like I spent a lot of time like by myself, whether it was like making stuff. It was also the winter, but the week before me and ruckus like went out at 2 a.m into like the woods in my backyard like and we're like just like chilling out like in the snow like running around for the
0: weeks that followed the whole thing of saving one's dog from a frozen lake can stick with the person and can put them in a bit of a mental fog his parents weren't super thrilled about it either but hey can you blame them Jack goes on to describe what the following days felt like and how these things started to affect the way
2: he thought and the way he even dreamed But that was crazy. That was, I think that was maybe the only time I can remember, like, I don't want to say I had PTSD, but it's the one time where it's like, I was struggling, like, kind of mentally without even meaning to. Like, I was having dreams every night. After it. Yeah, I was having dreams every night for, like, the week after of that same situation, but it not going the way I wanted to. There was, like, one dream where I just watched him die. Like, I just, like, walk, like, the, like, for some reason, the firefighters, were like, just weren't showing up. And I just, like, he just, like, slowly, like, gave up and then sunk. And then I had another dream that I went to go get him and, like, didn't make it out. And he did. And then I had another one where I went in and we both didn't make it out. Huh. So it was, like, really weird. People were, like... I was still in school at the time, and people were like, "You look like so out of it, like in class." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just like not sleeping." Yeah, I was like having these like repeated dreams. So,
0: do you ever? I mean, you don't regr- you don't regret that situation, do you?
2: No, looking back, sure. No, dude, looking looking back, it's like one of the coolest things I think I've done. Oh, that's such like a oh, grandpa story that I'm gonna be like. Yeah, like, kids just don't do what we did back in the day. I got struck by lightning four times. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Like, right. Uh, if you asked me, like, the day after, I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that. Because <clears throat> it was one of those situations where, like, yeah, it's it was scary and it sucked, but I'm still, like, really proud of the decision I made considering it turned out well. Yeah. I mean, you see that with, like, a lot of things. There's a line from, like, this documentary that has to do with ice climbers. And they talk about like, this is like one of the only sports where if you fail, everyone calls you an idiot. And if you succeed, everyone calls you a hero. Yeah. So it's like, I, it's kind of like one of those situations where like I got my dog and people were like, some people were like, that was really heroic of you. And then other people were like, that was really dumb. Mm
0: At the time, when all of this went down, it was hard not to feel a bit frustrated with Jack. This is like my younger brother, who I didn't want to see die in an attempt to rescue his dog, let alone any dog, out of a frozen pond. But it was also easy to only possess an outside perspective on the whole thing. Talking to him now, I think I get it. My therapist and I agree that it's easy to talk about what we will do in any future situation. But who knows how we'll actually react when the time comes and the need for action presses into our sense of comfortability. But this action speaks to Jack's heart. Someone who makes peace. Someone who acts out of a place of love. And he acts radically in tough situations when there's someone or something or a dog that beckons for rescue. Special thanks to Jack Mitchell for appearing in this story. Up next, my friend Mitch talks about, you guessed it, his dog. Don't go anywhere, you're listening to The Road Back.
3: Fair enough. That's I want to okay. tell you my
2: Catahoula knowledge
3: that I never got to share before.
2: This could be the beginning of
0: the episode. Just out of context, <laughs> drops people right into the action. <laughs> knowledge about... what is are name?
3: What is it's the dog? It's a Catahoula leopard dog. Go on. Okay, so Catahoulas were bred out of... Uh,
0: my friend Mitch is spending some time on the day before Thanksgiving... Explain to me what he is thankful for. The thing that comes to mind is his dog, Tito. Tito is a Catahoula leopard dog that Mitch rescued a few years ago. Along with explaining their origins, he explains why they are still used for hunting invasive species of feral hogs in the southern United States. According to Mitch, what makes them so unique is not just them being a byproduct of Europeans mating them with Native American domesticated wolves, but also this unique sound they create when cornering one of these ferocious feral hogs. It's called
3: baying. Here's Mitch to explain more. You you usually have a couple of them and to do this for this function. Um, So they do this thing called baying, which not every dog does. And it's like kind of a cross between like a bark and a howl. I'll have to play a clip of a baying. Yeah, look up a cattle who love baying.
0: This technique of baying allows multiple catahoulas to surround and inject fear into a hog until the hunter can show up and, well, finish it off. On top of this, Mitch explains that not only can they pick up scent from the ground, they can also pick up scent from airborne sources. Most dogs, like a bloodhound, only rely on ground scent. But what makes a catahoula unique is its ability to stick its nose in the air, and follow and track a prey for miles. Feral hogs. Fe- yeah, they're feral hogs. Feral right. hogs.
3: Um, so you release a couple of these dogs, they get on the scent, they find the hog. Right. They won't attack the hog. The three of the dogs will surround it, and they will bay at it, doing this like bark howl thing, so that it sta- it's kind of frozen in fear. and. Mitch
0: also that. describes the way that he went about really cementing if Tito was truly a Catahoula.
3: They, I was like, well, how did they know he was a Catahoula? Because like, he looks like he could be a, a mix with a lab or something like that. So the telltale sign, which I didn't know about until recently, and then we checked our dog and he totally had this. I guess Catahulas, uh, kind of similar to like a Portuguese water dog. Again, I think there's like only so many breeds that have these. Um, they have webbed feet. So that was how they knew. It was like, oh, it must be a Catahoula. And then I'm like, wait, what? Like I'm watching a YouTube video while I'm laying in bed. like, Catahoulas have webbed feet. I was like, Tito, come here. I'm like, grab, <laughs> grab his feet. I'm pulling his toes apart. I'm like, son of a bitch.
0: <laughs>
3: so you were a catahoula the whole time. I was catahooled. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for my dog. Like my yeah. wife and I don't have kids and, um, our dog is like our child. Right. And, uh, I just remember, you know, we've only had him for about a year and a half. Uh-huh. And, uh, we, I mean, this will sound funny maybe to people who don't pray. Uh, Like, we prayed for the right dog.
0: According to current data gathered by the American Veterinarian Medical Association and the American Pet Products Association, dogs are the most popular pet in the U.S. 65.1 million U.S. households own a dog, followed by cats at 46.5 and freshwater fish at 11.1 million households. According to another section of data, in 2022, $136.8 billion alone was spent throughout the pet industry. 86% of Gen Z is reported to own dogs, and 24% of people surveyed would spend anywhere from $1,000 to $4,900 on a vet bill. We are the most dog-loving country in the world, and I'm sure I don't have to prove that to you. Just look around. I swear everyone in my neighborhood owns at least five dogs. I recognize their individual barks when I'm trying to sleep at 5am on a Saturday. But you can't deny, we have a deep affection for our beloved canine friends. They are trusty, loving, and loyal companions that can help us muster through even the most difficult of times. With the decrease in the traditional family formation over the past two decades, dog culture, let alone pet culture, has been on the rise. We see more young couples are opting for dog parenting rather than parenting babies and children and teenagers. And why not? Dogs are way more affordable, usually, and they don't even have to go to college. So I kind of get it. It also becomes way easier to resolve custody battles with a dog than a human life in the case of divorces across the country. But I digress. Either way, here's Mitch to explain about the time when him and his wife were looking for a dog. They felt they wanted to rescue and both agreed a puppy was just way too much of a time investment for them as they both work full-time jobs. Constant attention. Constant and I attention. attention. And I think people will understand if they've ever had a puppy. Yeah. It is a 24-7 job yeah. for like a month and a half, it feels like. And I like to take naps, so... I
3: like to not care <laughs> about stuff. I can't nap peacefully knowing that there's a puppy who might be chewing up my shoes. Or pissing on my couch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this leads us to when they met and acquired Tito from a local rescue. He'll
3: be fine. Yeah. But, yeah. So we were looking for like a very specific, I mean, there's a lot to ask, right? Like, okay, we need like a midlife dog, you know, medium size. And it can't be yippy, And it's got to be well-behaved. And it's got to not chew on our stuff. And... I mean, I didn't care if it like knew commands necessarily. It was just like, I just, and we were going to create it, like leave it at home, whatever. So anyways, I say, let's say <clears throat> we prayed for a dog and uh, ended up finding one on Humane Society website. So we go to the meet and greet, right? And um, it was funny because when we, I had never adopted a dog before. Mm-hmm. So we go to meet the dog, meet the lady who's fostering the dog. And we're like, yeah, he seems pretty chill. Uh, we'll take him. The only thing is I'm leaving to go out of town this week and I don't want to leave the dog with my wife just home alone all week.
2: Yeah.
3: Outwardly. I said it was because I was concerned, you know, like what if the dog decides to eat her face off at night and I'm not there to protect her. The real reason was, uh, I didn't want her to bond with the dog all week while I wasn't there. <laughs> and then me feel like the third wheel.
2: So, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah.
3: Uh, I was like, you know, can we, can you hold the dog for another week? and we come back and pick him up next Saturday? Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And she's like, we don't really do that. You know, like adopt. I was like, I don't know what you do or don't do. Right. Uh, But she made it sound like this was a out of the norm request. Sure. So uh, I was like, well, what would it take for you to hold the dog another week? (laughs) And uh, she's like, I'm not sure what you mean. I was like, "Well, you guys are a non-profit, right? Could I make a donation in the form of let's say $50?" <laughs> and uh, you know, cuz the dog like to adopt it was like 200, right? Right. So, I was like, "You know, can I make a donation of like 200 or 50 bucks for you to hold the dog for another week?" She's like, "Well, it's like, what about 100?" She goes, "Okay." Dude, money speaks <laughs> money talks i mean i i was t- and i've never done that before i've never been somebody who's like oh let me just throw some money at it just and, keep throwing yeah. money at it until the problem's solved yeah yeah and uh but it was just funny like i i had her at 50 and i could tell she was unsure and i was like well she's either unsure because she's not comfortable with it or i just haven't hit the right amount yet yes so i was like all right let's double down how about 100 bucks and she was instantly like yeah, let's do, which I hope I'm not, I mean, I haven't said her name. hope I'm not getting her in trouble, but I mean, they got an extra hundred dollar donation and they held him for another week. So yeah, we got to take him home the next week. And uh, like, he's been the best dog I've ever mm. had. Even like we had dogs growing up and stuff. And just like that,
0: Tito had found a new home and a new family. In dog ownership, we can all relate to the first few months of bringing a new dog into our house. We let our minds run with thoughts around feelings of inadequacies or even looking for the secret way to understand the psyche of our furry friends. You know, I think about when a dog is sitting in the other room and I'm watching them and they're not really aware that I'm watching them and I'm just looking at them. I'm thinking, what is going on in you? What is happening in you? The other thing that comes with bringing a new dog in is we begin to see their personality unravel. We find out that just like us, they're pretty weird. And that brings us a lot of comfort.
3: The level of introspection I go into is like, we'll just be sitting there watching TV and I'll ask my wife, like, do you ever think, cause he'll, you know, Tito will be sitting on the couch next door sure. and he'll be sleeping and I'll be like, do you ever think about like, if you're him, how, if you, you can't, you can't understand us. Like, I'm him. I can't understand you, and you can't understand me. But every day, these people get up, they feed me, they let me outside, but they there's walls around it. I can't go wherever I want. I just have this little green space. And then they come back in. They go to another area of the house all day, because we both work from home. Right. And so we both have our own offices. So they go to another area of the house that he can't go to, because uh, he's also scared of wood floors. We okay. have all wood floors in our house. Quirky. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't, when we first got him, he was fine. And then one day, maybe like a couple months in, he slipped. And ever since then, he's like, he won't go on an area of a wood floor that doesn't have a rug on. Mm. So we have runners all over our house. And in the absence of runners, we have towels just laid down all the time. Wow. Just for him. Okay and it's funny because if there's like a let's say a towel gets pushed or moved and the gap is like you know maybe three feet apart right. he will stand on the edge of, of one towel or rug and cry until you come move the other one so he can get it because he's like I can't bridge a gap I can't jump across there um, anyways he's funny but yeah I'll be sitting there with my wife and be like do you ever think he just sits there and is like all these people do is just sit here and watch this box mounted to the wall because he can't understand what the box is saying yeah. you know it's just loud right to him because right. I mean they have their hearings better than ours yeah so I'll just say I'll just but that's like a nugget of what I give her which like really I've been thinking about that for the past hour I haven't seen a, a lick of what's happened on this TV show yeah. I'm just thinking about like Sometimes I think my dog's bipolar. Mitch's
0: personality, according to the Enneagram, if that's your kind of thing, is an Enneagram 5. I'm a four-wing three for anyone asking, hence probably why I think you need to hear all of my thoughts. It's the blessing and the curse of a man driven by creativity and success. What can I say? But back to Mitch. Looking at Mitch's wirings, we see Mitch, as an Enneagram 5, is most resourceful in areas of being capable and competent and being able to communicate well and confidently with the people that he loves and knows, and being someone who can gather as much info and data as humanly possible. What Mitch claims as difficult or fears that he possesses are feelings of uselessness, helplessness, and incapability. When a dog can't always communicate with us, let alone have the need to take an Enneagram test, we have a struggle to find out what their deep emotional needs and spiritual needs are. So we have to rely on our own devices.
3: Yeah, so Tito's like, he can be clingy, but then there are times where you try to be, like, clingy to him, and he's not having it. <laughs> yeah, kind of okay. like a cat. All right. So
0: Does like, that entice you a little bit? You're like,
3: okay, all right. You, yeah, I definitely force myself on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what having a dog is for. Like,
0: you're here for me. We feed you. We bathe you. We pet you. We annoy you. But what more do you want from us? You don't want and you don't need for money. You have no idea what capitalism is or the American dream. Despite us feeding you, you sit at the foot of our table waiting for our scraps. But even if you get our scraps, you still want more. You don't watch TV and you definitely don't pay bills.
3: Yeah. He, he will be super excited when we come in like every dog, right? Oh, you are so glad you're here. And then, oh, let's go on a walk or pet me or whatever. And then like, I don't know, maybe an hour later, he's settled in and he's laying in his spot on the couch. Yes. And, I mean, if that says anything, we have a full couch and he has a spot. He has a spot. And uh, he'll be on his spot of the couch and, you know, it'll be like, oh, he hasn't gone out for like, I don't know, four hours. Uh-huh. And we're about to go to sleep. Right. So if he doesn't go out now, he's going to have to wait another seven to eight hours. Yeah. right? So you're going on what, 11 hours. i math is hard, 12 hours. Yeah. Or he's not going to have gone outside. Mm-hmm. So, um, I am kind of of the, like, uh, my wife will tell you that I'm the dog's favorite. Like he Mm. just gravitates towards me. She thinks that he doesn't like him, which isn't true. He does like her, but he may like me a little more. She might be right. Fair enough. But that's not the point. The point is, um, he will, uh, be in his, you know, spot on the couch. And, oh, we we're yeah, I was like, I had to remember where I was going with this. So 12 hours. He, yeah. It's like, oh, 12 hours, he might not go to the bathroom. Yeah. So she's very concerned for him. Uh-huh. Like, well, if he doesn't go out now, he's, it's going to be 12 hours since he last went to the bathroom. Like, so? Yeah. She's like, well, what if he pees everywhere? Name me one time where he's done that. He hasn't. He's never done that. Mm-hmm. He's gone 12 hours without going to the bat. Not because we didn't try to get him to go. This is, how it, this is how it goes down. This is what I'm getting at. Not to make me sound like a bad dog owner. We give him plenty of opportunities to go out. He'll be laying on the couch. we we'll are be like, Tito, you gotta go outside? You gotta go potty? Yeah, yeah. He will not even lift his head up. He will just like do the side glance thing. Like he might have his eyes closed. He'll open them. He'll give you like the side glance. Yeah. He won't even perk an ear up. He'll just like kind of look at you. Like, Tito, you gotta go outside? And usually, like, if he's in a mood to go outside, he will run to the back door. But uh, he will side-eye you, and then just, like, not subtly at all, he'll side-eye you, he'll stand up, and you think, oh, he's coming. Does a 180, lays back down with his back towards you. The classic teenager. Oh, like... What a punk. He just said, fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. So... He can be like that. Or, like, there'll be times where, you know, you go into, like, like, kiss him on the side of the face, You're kiss him on the head, tell him he's a good boy. And uh, you'll go to lean in, and he will move away. <laughs> and it's so, you're, like, heartbroken. Right. Because you're like, I thought you loved me. You know? yeah.
0: Jamie, Mitch's wife, also leans into this struggle as well, looking for
3: the gaze of acceptance in Tito's eyes one thing she says all the time is do you think Tito still likes us yeah. or do you think Tito's happy here uh-uh. I'm like yeah we feed him we take him on walks he has his own bed he has his we give him a new toy every week right how could he not be happy
0: right we in western culture have personified our animals to maybe maybe be a way to talk about our own problems oh yeah like like huh my dog seems to live a pretty mundane life do i live a mundane life i get up at 6 a.m and go to work and come home and watch netflix and do it again the next day you know i don't know yeah so it is funny how that happens yeah and us americans will will do anything except go to therapy yeah We'll, we'll we'll find ways to personify our problems in a thousand other forms It's funny how we expand this idea of pet ownership into this big, confounded thing. We oftentimes go in looking for answers to our own meaning or purpose when we intersect with furry creatures. And on most days, when we chew on that curiosity for too long, we can come back with more questions than answers. We have to remember the principles. Nothing changes but to try and love well, and accept the fact that we will all make mistakes and to be grateful for what it is that we are given, and not what we don't have, or what we do not receive. I know that one of my core struggles is envy. I look at the world around me, and I pine for the things that aren't mine, whether it's some kind of cool materialistic thing, but more often than not, it's jealousy, or it's people's happiness around me, maybe that looks like they're just having a better time than I am. But I, like Mitch, like Jamie, maybe like Tito, have to be grateful for what we have and who we have. So. I'm thankful for my dog. Fair enough. I'm thankful for you mm. and that you guys have a dog that you like.
3: I will say everybody else likes our dog too. That's bias. No, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> that that is a win when you're a dog owner is like you every dog owner likes their own dog. It's when you take your dog other places and other people enjoy him. And then you show up the next time without your dog. Yeah. And people go, Oh, where's Tito? You're like, I'm a person and I'm here. Yeah. That's how, that's why my, I think that's why my parents, like
0: me, say, We bring that Evan boy (laughs) around to parties. And he is just such
3: a chip off the old block. I mean, seriously, there's a guy down where I live who almost every time I see him, like, if if he will ask about Tito. Yeah. Like, if we're in a setting where Tito could have come, it's uh-huh. like, "Oh, where's Tito?" And then if we're in a setting where Tito couldn't have come, like me and him are out golfing, yeah, <laughs> we'll just be in the middle of a round, and his small talk will go, "So how's Tito?" Ah, <laughs> uh, he's good. What, man. what college is he wanted? Doing ten? dog things. You what's know? Uh,
0: what's his grade point average looking like? <laughs> mall, this is my all-American dog Tito.
3: Yeah, but he's really sweet, and a lot of other people like him. People come to our house and they, you know, he's not a nuisance. So I think that's like to me, pet ownership. And this ties all back into gratitude. I'm thankful that we like we prayed and we got not only do we get a good dog, which is what we were hoping for, right? Yeah. Like we didn't want him to chew up our stuff. And right. He doesn't. We don't even have to to crate him. He right. stays out when we're gone and he never messes anything. He just mm-hmm. sleeps. And uh he's generally obedient. I mean, he's not like great. But he's not disobedient. He's right. Just kind of stubborn. Right. My biggest qualm would be he's not great on a leash. But like, fair enough. He was a stray, so he never walked on a leash before us. Yeah. That we know of. But uh, I think like, so I'm, I'm thankful that we got all the things that we were hoping for. But then like, I think the ultimate like apex dream of dog ownership is if you have a dog that like other people are like, I want your dog. Yes. Right. Like he's and, and the great thing about that is, what makes me thankful, is I'm like, yeah, I had nothing to do with that. Mm. Like, I just got him this way. Yeah. I feel like we hit the dog lottery. Nice. So I'll be real upset when he dies. Some things you do for money, and some you do for love, love. I have thought about, like, when he dies. Yes. I'm like, do I even want to get another dog? Because what other dog will live up to him?
0: Existential. Another thing that that the animal ownership brings in us is yeah. again the existence of why even try and top <laughs> what, what Tito did for us. Yeah. So, anyway, on that note. On that note, Mitch, thanks for sitting down today. Yeah. Thanks well, for having. me. I have me. no idea really what I have to I'm going to go through and just say what direction do I go? with This, this? is all random. Yeah. It's yes. okay. That was our that was our attempt. We'll do it again soon. Okay. okay.
2: Love, love, is gonna lead you by the hand Into a and sound
0: When it's all said and done, we only want to know what it was we loved and what it was that loved us back. The more we can add to that list, the more grateful we can become, even when things are subtracted from that list. So exercising thanksgiving or gratitude won't feel so unattainable. And we seek things or beings that make us laugh, make us remember, make us surrender. We find that it's okay when we shed tears, but these beings make it easy to wipe them away. When we have that, we know we found something truly special. That something special might just be a furry mammal. They say that dogs are only a part of our lives but we are a dog's entire life. Special thanks to Mitch Winsett for joining me in this story. been episode four. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening and taking time out of your day to listen to this. Um, This has been personally one of the most exciting bodies of work that I've ever been able to put together. And I'm so excited to continue working on that. And I really wouldn't be able to do this without the listeners and supporters as well as my friends and my family. Shout out to my students and all the different people that are in my community that helped me do this. Each episode takes a ton of work, if I'm being honest. This episode alone took me 20-plus hours just to assemble, edit, and mix, and it's still not perfect, probably, and that's not even counting the time that it took to interview everybody and assemble their stories. So, I'm looking for help. If you are a producer, an editor, a musician, uh, a writer, whatever it looks like, whatever you think you can contribute to this show, DM me. You can find me on Instagram, at mainmains. You can also just probably put in Evan Maines on Instagram. That's the easiest place that you'll be able to find me. And as far as storytellers and guests go, the people that I have on the show, I'm always looking for fun, interesting, and insightful people to feature here. So reach out if you have a story you'd like to share for, drumroll please, Season 2. That's right. We're talking about season two. Now, of course, season one isn't over yet. We have a few more episodes lined up a few more things I'm working on. But even if you just want to be a supportive listener, you're like, man, I don't know how to edit podcast. I don't know if I have a story to share. The least you can do is share this podcast with your friends and on social media, use social media as a platform. When you take time to rate and write a review for The Road Back, whether that's on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, it helps put us into the algorithm so more people can find us. We can start reaching out, finding new friends, finding new strangers out there in uh, the podcast space. If you believe in storytelling, you think it's a powerful thing, help us, help me, by simply sharing. It goes a long way. As far as season one goes, I am planning on releasing four more episodes, and then we're going to take a break. I would expect a couple more episodes this month, and then we're going to break for the holidays, for Christmas, for New Year's. We'll be back in 2024 for new stories to conclude this first season. So thank you all. This is The Road Back. As always, thanks for listening.
3: Under my roof Raised you with discipline and taught you life's truths Lashed out at you for things you'd misplaced Reprimanding you in public till you're red in the face Made you feel the weight of every single mistake that you made My hot temper turned up full throttle Cause I needed you to be a little brother's